1: Welcome back to FSOG's Pod Week 14. And we always say it, guys, we seriously are running out of time here. There's not many weeks left here for us to make money playing daily fantasy sports, playing daily fantasy football, that is. But let's make the most of it here in week 14. I am Chris Beermaker's man Prince, joined as always by my boys, Head Chopper. Notorious. Derek, let's get it started with you this week. How are we doing, first of all, brother? How was week 13? What are we looking forward to in week 14?
2: Yeah, I'm doing just fine. Week 13, a lot like uh, many weeks this season. Had a few good spots in my lineups, but uh, too many poor one outs, which we'll get to here
1: shortly. Yeah, I think we got a long list. According to Chop, he's busting <laughs> out the Santa list. So, Chop, welcome. Week 14. How was week 13? really wasn't very good. So, what, what's going on over
3: No, here? it was a lot of dead spots. i had a lot of dead spots on my rosters and uh, and. There were pretty obvious spots and things that I didn't think was going to happen. But yeah, I got a, I got a long list to pour one out to. But, uh, you, know, you know, it's a fresh week here. We're going to get into it. All it takes is one. I did tell myself before the season started, I'm going to go ahead and win the Millionaire Maker twice this year. And I'm running out of time. So I really need to All pick right. up my game here if I'm going to win it <laughs> twice. I ain't got that many weeks left. But I, before this show, I broke myself away to come do the podcast, I was actually, man, I was totally into this show, Who Shot Tupac? It's, it's a good show out there, man. I had to break myself away from doing it, so uh, I, I recommend. Uh, no, no, it's uh, it's on like A&E or something like that. It's pretty pretty entertaining show, though.
1: And, and that's the great thing about the pod. We, we, we have different views here. Chop comes fresh off the couch, and we pull him away from The Voice or <laughs> Who Shot Tupac or... Some sort of compelling TV. Then you got Derek's probably written about 78,000 words already on the week slate. I know he's got an article out already. I'm somewhere in the middle of these two, but uh, that's, you got to love it. Three different viewpoints. But as always, guys, our early, our early look at the slate, it's only Tuesday night when we record. So things change, but got to get a first look out there. We'll take a look at each and every game, give our must plays, give some fades, give some thoughts on the overall slate. Let's get started with the poor one out. So I think we got a lot of candidates here that we can go to. So, Mister Sa- Mr. Santa, Tupac, let, let's start with you. And you got a ton of options here. So who who did it the worst? Listen, line?
3: I've got so many. You guys might as well go first because I guarantee you I got enough left over. I don't want I don't want to steal your thunder here. But so I'll, I'll let Derek go first because I got I got so many I could I could name here.
1: Derek, the floor is yours. Sir. All right.
2: So, uh, in the spirit of Christmas, might as well do a few of them. Uh, I'm going to do my whole <laughs> wide receiver trio. I had Mike Evans, Demarius Thomas, and Stefan Diggs. All of them. Poor enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they, they all hurt me. All right, all right, Chop. I'll jump in here because I don't, I don't want to. I mean, you got a lot of options. So. I'm going to do it again with this damn Kareem Hunt, man. Uh, it's, it's, I had that game stacked up, was making a run, at some pretty nice money, but had Kareem Hunt in that stack, and he was about the only guy in that game on either side that didn't really do anything. So Kareem Hunt cost me uh, a couple commas uh, at the end of the day. I'm sure he cost a lot of people money this week. Again, Kareem Hunt, we're pouring one out for about the 10th time this season, chop.
3: Who do you so got? it was a it was a really weird week because if you missed on running back as far as anybody under five k, I mean, you really had to airball because all of them did well, right? So having Kenyon Drake and Theo Riddick and all these, it didn't really help you out because everybody everybody who played value running backs, just, so you had to nail your receivers. And I'm in the same boat as as Derek, you know, with Adams, Diggs, Evans were my core three guys so they all flamed out but i'll go to jared cook man I, just, I thought for sure with with no receivers out there he's the next guy to step up and he was gonna have a bit i mean we've heard all this about the giants defense and how bad they are against tight ends and for some reason this guy catches one pass for nine yards unreal man just unbelievable
1: yeah uh, he he was definitely a dud you know i think everybody was on him too and just just a total letdown spot so also, going to, speaking of the Giants, we're going to pull one off for Ben McAdoo. Finally got the ax there. So that, that was long coming, and uh, Giants, we'll see if they can right the ship. But we'll get into the Giants when we get there. As always, we'll break down each and every game. We'll start with the Thursday night game. If you're playing the full slate, looks like a fun game here, Chop. We'll start with you, New Orleans, Atlanta. Is this one we're going to almost have to have exposure to for we're playing that, that slate. So where are, are your particular plays? Are you avoiding this slate because you don't want to go to this game? Maybe you're going to wait till Sunday. So, as always, break down how you're looking at the slate, and then Falcons-Saints should be a fun one.
3: Oh, man, I'm so thankful that uh, this game is on Thursday night and I don't have to play any of it because I haven't played Camara quite – I haven't played him hardly at all this year, and I've just – it's been a rough, miserable two months for me. Uh, He just goes off every week with his 13 touches and finds a way to get in the end zone two times every game. So, I'm thankful I don't have to deal with him on the main slate because I was going to fade him again. So – I'm not gonna to touch. I'm not gonna to touch this slate, but I could say that uh, this is definitely a game I would want to load up on. And I'd, on the Atlanta side, I'd start with Julio. I know Lattimore probably gonna come back this week, maybe, maybe not. Actually, who knows? But I still think Julio would be at home. He'd be a guy. And uh, I, I think I mentioned it the other day on on another show, but Devontae Freeman looks very, very tempting in this game. With New Orleans' weakness being against being against the run. Freeman being fresh and healthy now got his got his carries last week should get even more this week a lot more than Coleman and they could just choose to pound this ball and so Freeman would be a guy I'd definitely be looking at and on the flip side uh it's a I mean you here you you get you get to, if I was going to choose I'd go Ingram but man I'm totally biased because I've missed the Camara train and there's no way I'm hopping on board now you know there's no way so I would Ingram would be my choice out of these two backs but. For some reason, I think this game turns into a passing game and Breeze to Thomas ends up being a, a haymaker. Yeah,
1: they, they keep saying you can't play Kamara. Can't play <laughs> Kamara. He's not getting enough touches. I think we even say that. And, I mean, this dude just signed a, had a historic run right now. I mean, he's putting up 30s in his sleep. So, Derek, where did he come out? Kamara, Ingram, I think that's always a debate people are going to have. I love the Freeman call chop. You know, averaged over six yards a carry last week. So, if they can get him going – They need to make a run here to get into the playoffs here. That that game last week did not help them. So, uh, Saints, Falcons, Thursday night. Derek, how are you attacking the slate? Who are your must plays in the game?
2: I've been on the wrong side of Kamara as well. But uh, luckily this week, it looks like Mark Ingram missed practice today after being limited on Monday. Uh, So, we recorded this on. So, he missed Tuesday's practice. So, his uh, status is up in the air. If he ends up missing, I mean, Kamara just becomes a lock play in all formats. I think – if that happens, I'm going to load up on this slate and just uh, take 100% Kamara and just let the, you know, 20% the him or whatever, uh, you know, let them be. So I think he's uh, going to be a great spa- spot for him. And then if uh, Ingram's out, I think it's a good spot for the passing game as well. I think Drew Brees to Michael Thomas is interesting. Uh, Dres- Desmond Truffaut is going to be back for Atlanta, but Thomas runs most of his routes on the other side of the field and in the slot. So we should be able to avoid him. And uh, we know Thomas has a high floor, finally got in the end zone last week. Should be able to build on that a little bit. Ted Ginn, not really liking him. Falcons really limit big plays. And then uh, we know Kobe Fleener's out. Josh Hill didn't really involve their tight ends that much this year. So for me on that side, I like Kamara and Thomas. And then uh, maybe Drew Brees if Ingram's out as well. For Atlanta, I agree with Chubb. Love Freeman here. Played on 76% of the snaps last week. Uh, Coleman was under 40%. So he's going to be their guy here. And he's $1,300 cheaper than Coleman. Uh, definitely can beat the Saints on the ground. Uh, And then Julio Jones, like him as well. Even if Lattimore's back, you know, he's still dealing with an ankle injury. Could be limited just a little bit. And uh, Julio Jones can win basically any matchup. I know he struggled last week against Xavier Rhodes, but I'll still bet on him in this spot, especially with the total set at 53 points. Um, I'm definitely going to play this late just because this game has the highest total by far of the week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 53, and it started out Atlanta was uh, two-point favorites, and now we're at almost the other side of two-point favorites in some spots. So a big swing, a lot of money coming in on New Orleans. And Drew Brees, we just keep waiting and waiting. He's had a couple, you know, 25-point games, but when are we going to get that big Drew Brees game? I could be here in the shootout between these two teams. So any final thoughts on Thursday? And a lot of people love playing those slates before we move on, guys.
3: No, I've said my piece. <laughs> uh, All right, let's.
1: Start.
2: I was just gonna say, it seems like the guys on Thursdays are always overowned, which in this case it's uh, it's warranted. But uh, the guys on the Sunday night, and Monday night games seem to be underowned a little bit. So if you like somebody in those games, uh, I kind of like playing the Thursday to Monday slate just because people often forget about it and when they build their main lineup. They kind of forget about the two night games.
1: Yep, and a quick note on Fanduel this week. On their main slate, you don't get the Sunday night game. Uh, the the finals, the live finals this week, and it's not going to include that game. At least that's what they're saying. Uh, hopefully that's not a trend moving forward. But just a note, when you're looking at the slate, that's why the Sunday night game uh, will not be on Fanduel. Let's hope we get it back next week. But we'll hit on those games at the end. Let's dive into the main slate, guys. We got Indy and Buffalo leading us off here. Derek, you unfortunately get to lead off with Colts and bills. So any fantasy goodness in this game, two teams that, that are struggling, uh, Buffalo, I, I always like the McCoy at home. Is this a spot where we can load up on him against the Colts?
2: Uh, yeah, so this one's pretty ugly. Uh, looks like Tyrod Taylor's questionable here. Uh, if he ends up being, you know, if he ends up playing, I kind of like him a little bit. 5,400 is a cheap, uh, salary saver. We know the Colts, they're not very good against the run or the pass and, um, you know, Tyrod Taylor, he's been, he's been decent. He has a high floor. Gets that rushing for you. LeSean McCoy also went play as a big uh, home favorite. think he's going to be one of the more popular plays of the week. Um, could have one or two more big games before the end of the season. Don't really want to deal with uh, you know any of his pass catchers here. Just uh, If you're targeting Tyrod, you're just hoping for one or two passing touchdowns and then uh, the rest on the ground. As for the Colts, no interest at all, really. T.Y. Hilton is cheap, but He's better indoors than he is outdoors. Uh, don't really want to mess with these running backs; they're both cheap, but uh, and in a pretty good matchup. But I don't really know which one is going to get the bulk of the of the work. And there's quite a few good values at running back that I like, so not really any interest in on the Colts side.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And even a Jack Doyle, you know, Buffalo 12th in the league against the tight end position according to DVOA, so uh, he gets a lot of targets. But in this matchup in Buffalo, really hard to trust the Colts shop. What do you think? Any interest in the Colts? And I know you're you're the anti-Buffalo Bills guy. So, any interest here in a matchup against the Colts? Can can we dangle the carrot for you here, Chop?
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, for me, Buffalo, it's it's clearly just a one man show. It would only be Lashawn McCoy, and I think there's I think there's merit to McCoy anytime he's really in a matchup like this at home. I'm okay seven point two, really cheap on him actually. So. He's definitely a guy I'm looking at for sure. It's a good matchup. I just don't trust this passing game for Buffalo at all. So McCoy would be my guy right there on the flip side. I notorious kind of hit it on the head with Hilton. I usually won't ever play him no matter, no matter what the matchup is. I won't ever play him when he's on the road, especially in a, in an environment like Buffalo, where it's a little bit, the weather might be a little bit rough, a little bit cold. You know, he's just, he's an indoor guy for me. So, I won't go with I won't go with Hilton. Maybe you could play Doyle. Buffalo's I think they're like fifth or sixth most fantasy points of tight ends this year. I've got stats for you this week, a few of them, but that's one of them. And you know, believe it or not, I'm actually thinking about Frank Gore right now. If I need value at running back, last week there was so much value you wouldn't need any any guy like this. There was so much out there, but if it's not there this week, thirty nine hundred dollars. Clearly, the weakness on Buffalo is the running getting run on they're far and away the the worst team against running backs over the past five or six weeks in all of football and gore i mean he only got 13 carries against jacksonville last week but before that he had a string of four straight games where he got at least 16 carries 16 or more carries against buffalo may be enough to get him up in the 80, 90 yard range. And if he can fall into the end zone one time at 3,900, man, that's money in the bank. So if there's no value at running back, I would think about Frank Gore, but yeah, Frank Gore, Jack Doyle and LaShawn McCoy would be my targets in this game. All right.
1: Gotta give give (laughs) a little old
3: guy. Love it. You got to give this guy props, man. He's been a, he's a running back. Running backs usually fizzle out after five or six years. This guy's been around for like two decades, man. And he's still running hard.
1: He's a Hall of Famer, not in my bad. opinion. I don't know if he eventually ends up there, but I mean, he's been doing it at a high level for a very long time. And great point. Buffalo's defense not very good against the run, so it's it. Can Indy stay competitive? Is is it more Marlon Mack than it is Frank Gore? That's my concern. But under four K, uh, don't mind that call at all. I, I don't think anybody ready to to roster the old man there, chops. So you might have a a two percenter on yeah. your hands there. All right. Let's move on. Minnesota and Carolina, guys. This should be a fun one. You know, two heavyweights in the NFC. Minnesota actually favored in this game going to Carolina. Chop, what do you got here? You know, this is a tough spot for this. This Two good defenses in this game. Total's not very high in this one. Where are the fantasy points coming from in Vikings-Panthers?
3: Yeah, I really, I really wish this game were in Minnesota because I would have a lot of interest in the Minnesota passing game. Carolina's been very, very. They've been way, way off in the last few weeks against the pass. There's something, something's not. I don't know if there's an injury that I didn't read about, but something's not right, and they're getting gashed against the pass. But I have a hard time taking Minnesota on the road in Carolina like this. So I'm a little leery of that. I wish it was. Uh, I wish it was indoors in Minnesota. I'd be all over Thielen at least. Diggs, very disappointing last week, but the price dropped on them. So because of the price drop, I think they're in play. Thielen, Diggs, maybe even Keenum if you want to, but uh, some attractive prices on those wide receivers. And I don't want Latavius Murray or Jarek McKinnon in this game, not against this run defense. So I would stick with Thielen or Diggs as my main, main guys. And on the flip side, Carolina against this defense. I know Cam Newton could be a GPP winner any given week. But this, I just don't want to play anybody unless we hear Jonathan Stewart is out and McCaffrey is going to get all the snaps. Then I would, I would entertain Christian McCaffrey. But otherwise, I don't, want, I don't want any piece of the Carolina offense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. This one's hard to find. Any, I mean, Thielen's been as, about as consistent as you can ask for. A uh, good point on McCaffrey, always bring upside to the table on DraftKings with his pass-catching ability. But, Derek, 41 total here. It's hard to get excited uh, about much in this game.
2: This is one of those games where if you have uh, some of these guys on your season long, you just start them. Uh, but for DFS and a 14-game main slate, uh, it's really hard to really like any of these guys. I do like the Thielen call a little bit. I think he's an interesting tournament play. Uh, Carolina really get, good against the run, so not interested in McKinnon or Murray. Uh, Keith Keenum, I would like it better if it was in Minnesota, as Chop said, and uh, no Rudolph since the Panthers are so tough against tight ends. On the other side of the ball, uh, Minnesota allows the fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks this year. That really takes away uh, one of Cam Newton's weapons uh, in his legs and definitely don't want to pair him up with any of his receivers. And Christian McCaffrey, they seem to you know, kind of be bottling him up a little bit. He has 11, fewer, 11 touches or fewer in three straight games, so it's really hard to pay that price on DraftKings. So, yeah, for me, it's uh, probably just a stay away, maybe a share or two of dealing in tournaments.
1: And it's crazy to think coming into the season that Cam Newton and Case Keenum would be almost the same price on DraftKings at this point. So here we are, though, 62-6100. But uh, I think I'm going to pass overall in this game. Uh, Should be a fun one to watch, see uh, how these playoff spots play out. But daily fantasy-wise, just not seeing much here. Let's go to another doozy here, Derek. Bears and Bengals, uh, one of the lowest totals I've seen all season long. I mean, this baby's at like 37 and a half. 37 in some spots so big story here's the Joe Mixon injury I think it's going to be a lot of Gio Bernard in this game so uh, should be a nice cheap alternative I think he's gonna be very popular this week see a guy you're looking at cash games tournaments and then Bears side probably can't use Jordan Howard as road favorites do do we dare go to Tariq Cohen here
2: last week was a great example of why it's so hard to trust uh, running backs that don't catch balls uh, you know, we expected Howard to be playing from ahead, but then uh, that didn't really happen. They kind of didn't have the ball very much in that game against the Niners, and he just didn't do much on the ground. So uh, when a guy's not involved in the passing game, it really limits his upside and his floor on DraftKings. So Howard's an easy, easy fave for me as an underdog here. Not interested in the passing game either. Uh, Cincinnati usually plays pretty good defense at home. Maybe shot on Dontro Inman. Uh, you know, he's been seeing the targets with Trubisky, a quarterback. But uh, I think the Bears are pretty easy to stay away. On the other side, yeah, if Mixon's out, I think you just fire up Giovanni Bernard. I mean, thirty-one hundred for a starting running back that does catch the ball out of the backfield—that's uh, going to be hard to pass up. I mean, even if he gets forty rushing yards and three catches for thirty yards, he's pretty much uh, you know hidden hidden value, and I think that's going to be about his floor in this matchup. Uh, we know the Bears are pretty good defense, but a lot better at home than they are on the road and i mean i don't mind aj green uh we know the bears strong up and their front seven's really strong and uh you know aj green typically better on the road but had that big game last week and he's had a couple of big games at home this season so i don't mind going back to him and uh yeah don't mind certainly don't mind uh Giovanni bernard
1: yeah we we always bring up that guy that told me chop you can't play aj green at home i mean he looked pretty damn good the other night two touchdowns at least in the first half uh, and then kind of had a disappearing act. But again, Gio Bernard 3,100 feels like a free square here. I think AJ green, a fine play side of that. Not a lot of interest for me here. How about yourself?
3: Yeah. Cincinnati's pretty clear cut. AJ green is definitely in play just because he's AJ green. Uh, But it does feel like a really slow, nasty game. Bernard, you can't. You just if Mixon is out, you, you're not going to be able to pass up on G- Giovanni Bernard, especially in your cash games. Maybe in GPPs, you could, you know, maybe you can muscle up enough strength to fade him. But 3.1, I mean, literally the only other guy, if Mixon is out, that they would they could even play is a guy who's never taken an NFL snap before, and they're not ready to play him. And that's why Bernard got every single uh, carry last week or yesterday. When when Mixon did go out, we never saw Brian Hill in the game because so, he's not ready. So, yeah, Bernard would be an easy one. Now, I'm going to disagree with you guys on Chicago. I'm going to wait on the injury news, but it looks to me like perhaps Perfect is not going to play. He took a good shot, and he got carted off last night. So, if he's out this game, I will absolutely run Jordan Howard at 5.4K on DraftKings. I know he doesn't catch passes, but, man, you know... We saw him earlier this year. He's had his, he's had his games this year, uh, and he's had them in some unlikely spots where you wouldn't have thought he could do it. You know, he uh, had a big game against Baltimore. He had a big game against uh, Pittsburgh. He had that really big game against Pittsburgh. Well, those are these those are from the same division as Cincinnati, and if Cincinnati's weakened in that front seven with no perfect, I would gladly run Howard out there at that price tag and hope nobody else did because I think that could be a GPP-type play a winning a winning gpp play
1: yeah i mean at baltimore at new orleans those are spots that we were saying the same thing like oh they're they're underdogs you can't play jordan howard here so i don't know that i'm ready to pull the trigger i think that's pretty bold but i get your point the price is way down at 5400 so you know he's one of those guys that like I said tends to do well when you don't expect him to so great call there keep an eye on those injury reports of a perfect a big loss for them as would be mixing so a Gio Bernard, again, feels like a free square. All right, let's move on. Green Bay traveling to Cleveland here. My Packers making a run here, Chop. So keeping the hope alive? Aaron Rodgers could come back next week if they're still alive. So uh, what's what's the deal on the Green Bay side? How do they beat Cleveland? Cleveland side, Josh Gordon looked great, guys. You know, I, I think we all wanted to wait and see, but Casey Hayward came out and said he's the toughest cover I've had all season long. And if you look at the roster, guys, he's had the cover it's a who's who of wide receivers. So Josh Gordon chop, do do we just lock him in our cash games and move on? Or do you have any concerns with Kaiser? What's your take there? And then the green Bay side, is it Jamal Williams? Is it Jones? Is it the passing game? How does this game play out in your mind?
3: Poor Corey Coleman, man. He's, he's a, you know, he's getting all the targets. He's the apple of everybody's eye. And then all of a sudden Gordon comes back after three years out of the game or whatever. (laughs) And there's no more Corey Coleman to be found. He's done. So yeah, Gordon at this price seems seems like uh seems like he would be a really nice play, you know, especially in cash games. It's he's a wide receiver, so in tournaments, I mean, always you can fade any wide receiver in a tournament because you just never know. Uh, but he looks really that's a really a tempting price tag on Josh Gordon in this matchup. So, uh, but then again, we did see Mike a- Evans totally fail in this matchup last week. That's, so I don't know, but I think an interesting thought would be looking at. Isaiah Crowell. I definitely don't want Duke Johnson. This doesn't shape up like a Duke Johnson kind of a game. But uh, Crowell's still getting some, he's still getting the lion's share of the touches in that, in that backfield. So, you know, if things broke right for Cleveland and they got a lead, maybe you'd see a lot more Crowell. I still think you can run on Green Bay. So uh, I don't mind Crowell maybe as a tournament shot. Uh, and on the flip side, the Green Bay backfield is a little bit muddled right now. Jamal Williams looked great, but then it only took Aaron Jones one carry to seal the game. So, man, if they're both healthy next week, which they appear to be, I think they may end up uh, cannibalizing each other, man, with the carries and, and splitting them right down the middle. So I'd have a rough time doing that. It doesn't matter. I think the way you want to beat Cleveland is through the air right now. So I'll gladly turn back to, to Devontae Adams again this week, and I think he's the clear cut number one with Hundley under center. So that's where my attentions would be focused.
1: Yeah, and Hundley seems to be on a yo-yo. You know, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. You know, th- this should be a spot where he should succeed. Oh, he doesn't like the cold weather. Derek, is that a concern? You know, he's going from Green Bay to Cleveland. Doesn't get much warmer. Out uh, going to Cleveland. So, same question to you about Josh Gordon. I think he's the big story in this game. And then your preferred targets on the Green Bay offense.
2: Yeah, I love Josh Gordon. It's hard not to. Uh, I didn't expect him to play that many snaps. Didn't really believe their coach saying that they were going to, you know, just throw him right in there and give him a bunch of targets. But that's exactly what happened. Had 11 targets, made some great catches, had over 200 air yards, uh, which is one of the highest of the entire season of any wide receiver. I think you can pair him up with Kaiser. Um, we know the rushing upsides there. Good matchup against the Packers and, you know, he can run the ball as well. So, yeah, I mean, I like Kaiser. 4500 just seems way too cheap. And actually, it seems like I'm quoting the wrong prices. Am I? $4,900. Um, so, yeah, I like Kaiser. I think uh, with his weapons, with Gordon and Coleman, I think he has a higher floor than most, uh, you know, would argue. And then you can pair him up with Duke Johnson if you want. Continues out, snap, uh, Isaiah Crowell. And, uh, and Packer's pretty decent against the run. So I definitely want to attack them through there. On the Packer's side of the ball, uh, yeah, Brett Humley has not looked good other than that game against the Steelers. Jamal Williams looked great, but his price has come up. And the Browns are actually really good against a run. Maybe not as much the last few weeks, but still ranks second in DVOA on the season. So I don't really want to mess with that, especially if Aaron Jones you know, looks good in practice this week. I think you can go to Devontae Adams in tournaments, but he's really the only guy I'm looking at. And there's a chance he's going to see uh, Jason McCourty, who's played really well this year other than uh, last week against Keenan Allen.
1: All right, next game, man. This slate is.
3: Oh, can I, I got one Go question ahead. for so, Derek. Before we get too far, and I forget about it, Derek. What? I don't want to put you on the spot here, <laughs> but what's an air? What's an air yard?
2: So air yards are just. Uh, I, I don't have the definition in front of me, but it's just. Uh, <laughs> oh,
3: well,
2: no! So like, it's so like, if you have like a fifty-yard uh, pass attempt and it doesn't get completed, then that counts towards air yard.
3: All it counts is an area. So this is basically right. like opportunity.
2: Yeah, yeah it's opportunity that's the, for I, the receiver or the yeah. quarterback. So
3: that's the. I just know that's the new hip stat, and uh, I've seen it. I've seen it, but I haven't really dug too much into it. So, good, good explanation, <laughs> man. That's a
1: dumb down while. version. It takes us a while to come around <laughs> to these new stats. So, Chop, that's a great question. Way, way to jump in there and uh, ask about the old air yard. So. Any other questions while we're here? I mean, we got time. Chop.
3: Well, I, I would, I would suppose. Just then, hypothetically, not not all air yards are created equal because I'd sure like air yards from Aaron Rodgers, but if you give me air <laughs> yards from Blake Bortles that are 15 <laughs> yards out of bounds, that may not be the same thing. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah,
2: pretty much. I mean, it's not a perfect uh, stat, cool. but it shows opportunity. No, I,
3: I know. It's just when – It's it's the new hip stat. It's that's cool, man. I just wanted to. Rib you a little bit about it.
1: So Derek, how do you like your air yards from Tom Savage and, <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo? Because that's the next game on deck here. So we've got to give it up for the 49ers, though. They went into Chicago, tough place to, to go in and win. The defense pretty good and, and they pulled it off. Houston, on the other hand, not so much. You know, they had a they had a rough game against Tennessee. We did see DeAndre Hopkins, another 14 targets, but we also saw the price go up. seventy three hundred now up to Eighty five hundred, Derek. So, we love to pay for them targets. Can you pay eighty five hundred for DeAndre Hopkins in this matchup?
2: I don't see why you can't, especially if some of these cheap running backs uh, end up being in really good spots. Yeah, speaking of air yards, he has the second most of any receiver in the NFL this season, only trailing Antonio Brown. Um, but yeah, I mean, right there, Tom, <laughs> Tom Savage just uh, peppers him with targets. So that's
3: that's the that's what I was going to say about the air yards is. You know, DeAndre gets so many. T- like, it, is it in a? Don't don't you think it's a little bit misleading because the guys who just rack up the targets are going to be high in air yards, even though DeAndre gets a lot of targets closer to the line of scrimmage, yeah. right? Like, it's not, it's not like a dot, and which I thought was a really cool stat that nobody uses anymore. I guess that's yesterday's news, but that gives you some like tournament upside kind of feel to it. Whereas this, I think, is just a fancy way to figure out who gets the most targets, right? But, I mean, per, per, you know, keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt
2: you. Um, yeah, anyway. So, I like John Hopkins. Uh, It's hard to find a receiver that's going to get that many targets a week. Not mind paying up, especially if uh, we can find that value at running back. Uh, looks like Bruce Ellington's on IR, as is C.J. Fedorowitz. So, Steven Anderson. I mean, he was a tight end. It looks like he's going to start at wide receiver this week. Saw 12 targets last uh, Sunday. Scored a touchdown. Only $3,200 if you want to look at him. Uh, if the, if the Niners try to sell out to sell Hopkins or to stop Hopkins, I think Anderson's going to be a pretty decent value. Uh, you know, he's a big guy, not really. Yeah. I don't really know a ton about him, but he looked good last week and 3,200 for 12 targets doesn't seem like a bad deal to me. Uh, not too interested in Savage, even though I do like his, uh, wide receivers a little bit. Lamar Miller's in a good spot. Uh, since Dante Foreman went out, he's had 26, 18 and 19 touches. The Niners give up the most receiving yards to running backs this season, so it's, uh, his price, I think uh, he's an interesting tournament play. Not a lot of people like to play Lamar Miller. On the other side of the ball, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's looked great, uh, drove the drove the ball up and down the field last week against the Bears, just didn't end up getting the touchdowns. I think they kicked five field goals or something crazy like that. Not too interested in the running game, though. Uh, Matt Breda stole 13 touches from Carlos Hyde last week, and you know Hyde was so dependent on all those targets that he was getting from Beathard that I think, uh, I think he's a pretty easy fade in this spot on the road. I do like Marquise Goodwin a little bit. He's actually seen some shorter targets with Garoppolo under center. Cause it was kind of his go-to target last week and pretty good matchup against the Texans. So really struggled against receivers.
1: Breda. Does it, do we, do we settle on Breda? Breda. Right? I know it's been a, a season long debate here. Know. Is that, is that what we're going with? No, I still don't. Yeah, we don't know. Let's see. The, we'll, maybe the listeners will, will cue us in, but, I'm glad you brought up Steven Anderson. I I love that call. And to me, very much Evan Ingramish, just a a big athletic wide receiver. So I think this is a great spot for him. 3,200, one of my favorite cheap plays on this slate. So Chop Niners, Texans, we taught you about air yards here. I'm sure you got a take on Steven Anderson uh, going back to his college days. Uh, What do you got here? Niners, Texans.
3: Steven Anderson from uh, California, I believe, right? I mean, yeah, he's not.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah, played with Jared yep. Goff, I believe.
3: He's, uh, he, he's not bad. I would say that, yes, I, I, Hopkins is a little bit expensive now for me, and for that reason I probably won't play him, although he's a perfectly fine target this week, and so is Steven Anderson. I do think that both, uh, both those guys could be derailed this week by Lamar Miller. I think this could be a good Lamar Miller game. Uh, like Notorious mentioned, he's getting a lot of touches here lately. The touches are up. He's not not a. He's obviously a good running back. I think this is a game they they lean on him a little bit more. So I like. Uh, and you know what? While we're here, I'm going to use my third and wrong here. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to use it on DeAndre Hopkins because he's still delivering these really nice games, even with Tom Savage at quarterback. And honestly, when Deshaun Watson went down, I thought it was over with for him. I thought there would. I thought by this point in the season he would be down around six grand, and we would be debating whether to use him or not. He's all the way up to eighty five hundred, and if he was any cheaper, you'd automatically almost lock him in in a, in a game like this. But so he's prospered even with Tom Savage, and I was wrong on that. I thought he would completely flame out with with uh, the new quarterback. So sorry, DeAndre, I apologize. Uh, but I think I think Lamar Miller is the guy I want for Houston. But uh, on to San Francisco. This may be a week you could fi- finally fire up uh, Garoppolo. I, I wasn't going to use him last week in that situation, but this week looks pretty good. Uh, Carlos Hyde is interesting, getting touches, and uh, I don't necessarily want to attack Houston's run defense, but obviously this guy does a lot more than just run the ball. He can catch it too. But I think the most intriguing guy in this game for San Francisco is Marquise Goodwin. Could be Garoppolo's uh, go-to guy here. Look, it certainly looked like it in that in that first game with this combination. So he's the guy I'm kind of looking at, Marquis Goodwin. I, I think that's a University of Texas guy. I'm not sure. The, the DFS, man, you do that college DFS. You remember a lot of these guys from college, <laughs> man. But.
1: Yep. I get a lot of those, like, I remember yeah. that dude. I remember rostering <laughs> him in college somewhere. And yeah, same thought. Uh, don't sleep on Trent Taylor either. So Louis, six Louisiana targets, Tech. 92 yards. So uh, yeah, he, he came from one of them electric offenses, but Those seem to be the two guys. Saw a small dip in targets for Carlos Hyde. We kind of wondered about that last week. But uh, that running back core, just tough to trust with those two guys going at it. I like the Lamar Miller call. I think people will be focused uh, on those pass catchers' chops. So home favorites, love our running backs in those scenarios. Um, We get that with Lamar Miller. All right, next game. This one should have tons of goodness. We've had a few duds here, but finally we get one I think could be fun, Raiders-Chiefs. Uh, we saw the Chiefs last week finally get something done offensively besides Kareem Hunt. Oakland gets Michael Crabtree back. We'll see about Amari Cooper. It doesn't sound like he's likely to play. So, chop lots of goodness here. Who are your favorites? Who are some guys you're staying away from?
3: Oh boy. This is uh this could be a trap game for sure right here, but I'll I'll start off with Oakland and it really I, I would be shocked if Cooper plays. So, I think that puts Crabtree squarely in play as uh, one of the top wide receivers for me. I, like the the price is up there; it's actually probably as high as it's as it's been almost all year long six point seven. That's not a discount on him. Uh, so you got to pay for him. But I think I think that's the guy I want to turn to. But I'm not going to touch Derek Carr. Just no, not gonna. And I'm not going to go to Marshawn Lynch, which. I didn't do last week and I regret it obviously in hindsight but I still I still think uh I don't think he gets it done in this game not 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 two weeks in a row like this and maybe this is the week you could turn back to Jared Cook a huge drop in a huge drop in price tag for Jared Cook but so they're going to pass the ball I think I think it's going to be Crabtree and Cook so that's the way I would go Kansas City is the, is the one I have a hard time with here I think it's a great matchup for him, but man, I would sure like it a lot more if Smith, Hill, and Kelsey didn't just all go off this past week. And anyway. feels like they, I hate, I hate playing a guy, playing guys after weeks like that. It almost feels like they, they've only got so many fantasy points in them in a year, and they just used up so many in one week. I'd hate to chase it right at right away with uh with another game. But I mean, that's the weakness of Oakland. That's where you're going to get it get it done is in the passing game. And there's clearly only two guys he's going to throw to, Hill and Kelsey. There's, I mean, you don't see – other Albert Wilson, Demarcus Robinson, those guys, they don't even get targets, man. So he's got two solid targets to go to if that's the route you want to take. Personally, I think I may go ahead and run back Kareem Hunt one more time. I mean, I know it sounds foolish, but Mm -hmm. it's guys like him and Mike Evans, you know they're going to have something in them before the end of the year. And it only takes one weekend. Like, you ask Big T or any of these guys who strike big, Cow Spears, you know, you strike big one weekend, you could be totally silent the whole year. It just takes one weekend that you're on the right combination of guys at the right time, and it more than makes up for every single week you were wrong about those guys. So if you're right about Hunt and this is the week, and if you pair him with a guy like Evans and this is that week for him too, and you get them at good ownership and they go off, you can have yourself a, a weekend like uh, Papa Gates or Chipotle Attic or something like that. So I think I may go back to Hunt and hope this is the week.
1: Price is down to 6500 Derek. So what are you doing with Kareem Hunt? Uh, I'm still feeling the sting from last week. Chop's point is valid. You know, we, we got to have a quick memory, quick turnaround. It is a good matchup. He is at home. Do we go back to that well? Uh, the pass catchers, uh, another good point. Do, do we go back to those points? Put up a ton of points last week. This is the worst team in the league against the past, so it, it seems like another good spot for a Hill, for a Kelsey, and then the Raider side. Marshawn Lynch, three games in the last four over twenty. I'm with Chop. I'm not going. I played a lot of Lynch last week. I don't trust him in this matchup. But really like Crabtree. What do I do with the Kansas City offense? So before
2: I get to the game, one more note on Air Yards, Chop. Just do it. Uh, <laughs> so Air Yards are just a dot times targets. I mean that's all it is.
3: Interesting. There a definition. We have a definition, and so, I mean we're kind sense. of
2: talking about the same thing. Yeah, it's just a way to measure. It's, it's all level. the same thing. It's you're right. It's all <laughs> the,
3: It is. It's literally all the same thing. You just gotta figure it out, man. But yeah. yeah. Good job, Derek. <laughs> all
2: right. So, uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't really want to play him here. Prices come up. Doesn't really catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. If he doesn't get in the end zone, I think uh, he's going to be a really good fade. Like Crabtree, uh, you got to pay a lot for him. I think DraftKings was ready uh, and just in case Cooper didn't play his price up at 6,700. But I think you can play him here. Receivers have had success against the Chiefs all year. Uh I like the Jared Cook call, but I don't think I can go there myself. I'd probably rather play the other tight end in this one. Uh as for the Chiefs, you know, Andy Reid gave up his play calling duties and all of a sudden they just uh you know moving up and down the field, getting big plays. Uh and then Kareem Hunts is there doing nothing. Uh it's a little frustrating, but uh yeah, I kinda agree with you guys. You know, I don't wanna I think I'm pot committed at this point. You know, I've been playing him last few weeks in tournaments. No point in hopping off now against a bad Raiders defense. Uh, maybe they can finally have some positive game script in their favorite. They are favorites. They are playing at home. Uh, you know, the Raiders could be shorthanded. So maybe they're going to be playing with the lead. Maybe Hunt can get it going a little bit. Uh, I like Kelsey and Hill in tournaments, but I do think they're going to be really popular against this defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just tough. I mean, the Raiders have been so bad, and the Chiefs looked so good last week. So it's really juicy, but everyone's going to go there. And like Chop said, this could be uh, one of those trap games where it just ends up being lower scoring than everybody thinks.
1: Yeah, definitely a possibility. And and I love the DVOA stats. And against number one wide receivers, these are the two worst teams in the league against number one wideouts. So Crabtree Hill looked to be in good spots. As far as tight end goes, Kansas City top 10 against the tight end. So a, a tough matchup for Cook. Oakland near the bottom against tight ends. So
3: could I could I bring up two points real fast before we move? On? I know please. I don't we want to drag it. the show down. I don't want. It, I don't want us to go too long. I know people don't want to listen for over an hour.
1: We got Detroit and Tampa next. So we'll, we'll okay. To okay. Well, the first thing about
3: Travis Kelsey and the reason I'm a little bit hesitant to pay this kind of price tag throughout the entire season. Uh, I think there's been one tight end performance all year long where a tight end exceeded 30 DraftKings points one time all year long. Whereas receivers, you know, that happens every week with receivers. So you're paying this price tag and this is like a really good, this is the price tag of a really good wide receiver. So that's what I'm a little bit hesitant to pay this for a tight end, any tight end, just because it's tough to get that upside, you know? Uh, That's why I won't do that. And Derek mentioned pot committed on Kareem hunt. Yeah, man, when you're pot committed on a guy and you know, he's a good player and you know, it's going to be there. You gotta, you gotta suck it out. I'll, I'll let you guys in on a little-known fact. Uh, when Amari Cooper was was doing terrible, 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 right? And then he had that Thursday night game against Kansas City, I think it was, where he went crazy had that huge game. Yeah, little-known fact. CSU Ram, our good buddy, who plays Amari Cooper every week, he couldn't play him that week because he wasn't on the main slate. He watched that game, and he literally – he cried because he couldn't play. He was crying. He was crying because he couldn't play Amari Cooper. You, you just, you got, when you're caught committed on a guy, you just got to go with it until, until it rides itself out. You just got, so you got to keep pounding Kareem Hunt because it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, good, 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 stuff there, Chop. I mean, we like, saw some tears from, from our boy Pete. We don't like to see that, but it's a good point. And he did see five targets last week. That is Hunt. Only saw five the previous two weeks before that. So we know we can be a big part of the the passing game there as well. So 6,500 is a great price in a good matchup. I'm banging my head against the wall and and my forehead's bleeding and I'm hurting, but I'm going to go back to the well. Got to do it. All right. I promised you we'll save some time. Chop, we'll let you lead off here. Tampa Bay, Detroit. We don't really have a line waiting on the status of Matthew Stafford. Uh, Had a hand injury in that last game. Got his hand stepped on. So we'll see how that plays out. But, to me, it's a spot to go back to Mike Evans. I, I really don't have much else here of interest. Chop what he got, Lions, Buccaneers.
3: Yeah, so if, if Stafford is out, then everybody is off the board for me. Maybe Theo Riddick, but I'm still, we still got to wait on Amir Abdullah and his status, so we can't even really speculate on that situation. Yeah, obviously, if Stafford is out, I don't want Golden Tate. I don't want Marvin Jones. And uh, even if Stafford is healthy, I mean, wow. If he's, you know, a hand injury, and I don't know, man. it's It's going to be... Uh, up in the air for me of whether I can use Detroit. It's all going to depend on the injuries. Tampa Bay. I want to go back to Mike Evans, but now he's going to draw a pretty tough matchup. I know he's back home, and but this may be the time. You're right. You know what? May, this may be the time he gets it because it seems like he he does it in the tough matchups. You know, he scored one touchdown this year when he was supposed to be shadowed by Janoris Jenkins. His other good game when he was supposed to be shadowed by Patrick Peterson. So yeah, he does it in in weird tough matchups, and he finds a way to get loose and get a touchdown. So this may be a good time to go back to him. Um, if Doug Martin is out again, Peyton Barber is, is squarely in play though. They fed him a lot, and he was very effective. So that that may be a, a spot I go to, and Cameron Braid if you want to go there too. That's obviously his favorite, uh, Winston's favorite tight end.
1: Yeah, Detroit struggles with the tight end. So chop pop quiz for you here. You put Derek on the spot. We're gonna we're gonna test uh, your knowledge uh, here. Are you ready? Kinda. Are you still a big college football fan?
3: Uh, definitely not nearly as much, but okay. well, we'll I, I still watch a little
1: who bit. Who in the hell is Teon Green?
3: Me, uh, Cincinnati okay. running back from Cincinnati. There you go.
1: Nice. I saw this guy and I'm like, I have no idea who Teon Green is, and he came in, looked all right, averaged four and a half yards of carry, got yeah, a carry. Yeah, he was one, game, so. one of
3: those guys who split backfields in a in a very talented cincinnati backfield i believe back in the day so he's i don't think he's that bad yeah
1: all right well another another back there in detroit that's all we needed that, to add to the mix so just another name to keep an eye on there all right derek lions buccaneers chopped past his quiz what <laughs> he got here in this game
2: yeah all waiting on injuries on this one uh, i really wish stafford was healthy i know mean, it's the throwing hand so it's really hard to play him it's a good matchup though i mean the buccaneers really struggle against the pass and they don't get any pressure on the quarterback, but. I don't think I can play him with that injury to his throwing hand, even if he's active. Uh maybe a shout on Tater, uh, Marvin Jones in tournament if Safford ends up playing. Then waiting on Abdullah. Dink Riddick's definitely viable uh if Abdullah ends up missing another game. For the Bucks, uh you guys mentioned Darius Slade being on Mike Evans. That does worry me a little bit, but he's priced under seven K, which is awfully tempting for a guy that you know, I can see 10 to 14 targets a week. Uh, and Jameis Winston doesn't mind throwing against tough corners. So maybe it's a bounce back spot for him. Uh, I'll probably be playing quite a few different lineups, uh, some with Evans and some with Deshaun Jackson, just in case Slay slows him down. I think it's a good spot for Deshaun Jackson to get going. He's been uh, really consistent this year. He hasn't had as many big plays, but uh, he has had a high floor, which is nice. And then, yeah, Peyton Barber, if Doug Martin ends up being out, I think you continue to ride him. Uh, great Great game last week against uh, the Packers. He can run. He can catch a ball to the backfield. So, yeah, I think there's some goodness here, but uh, just waiting on some injuries.
1: All right, boys, we're halfway through the slate. And we're 45 minutes into this, baby. <laughs> so it's good to see that we're really finding our form here as we get later into the season and uh, really becoming crisp with our time. But so we're going to pick up the pace here. We don't need you here for two hours listening to us. So let's move on. Dallas Giants, Derek Eli Manning, your bench now. Eli Manning, you lose your, your consecutive start streak. Now you are back starting again because we realize Geno Smith is no good. So Dallas coming to town. Dallas Giants, good NFC East battle. Derek, what do you got here?
2: Yeah, the old angry Eli narrative. Uh, <laughs> can't <laughs> how, wait. How for you this? playing
1: that narrative? That's the question.
2: Uh, I don't think I'll be playing it. Uh, Dallas has been struggling against the pass, and they don't have Skandrick this week. But for me, I mean, I don't mind taking a shot on Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram. Uh, they're kind of expensive, but I think they're both viable here. No interest in the Giants backfield. Uh, for the Cowboys, Dak just hasn't looked great. Don't think we need to take that risk uh, in this slate. You know, pretty low total 41.5. I think Alfred Morris is probably your best bet here, but. Um, if they're not playing from ahead, then he's not going to get any passing game work. So that makes him risky play on a full PPR side. I do like Des Bryant quite a bit. He struggled against the Giants throughout his career, but that's mostly thanks to Janoris Jenkins. Uh, with them uh, out for the season, I think Des could get going a little bit. I like him. And Jason Witten, uh, not going to play him, but he always tears up the Giants. Just thought I'd mention that.
1: And the Giants, well, supposedly they suck at tight end shop. That's, that's the, the reason we played Jared <sighs> Cook. It didn't work out, so... As our Cowboys fan, how are you attacking this one? Any interest in your Cowboys? And then Angry Eli Chop, what do you think?
3: So the first thing is uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that they fired McAdoo because, uh, you know, that defense was really mailing it in on him these last few weeks. And I would have expected a huge game out of Dallas if he was still there. But maybe now they kind of actually get off their butt and play a little bit with a new coach. Maybe they're a little bit more enthused. That scares me a little bit as far as narrative is concerned. But uh, for Dallas, I think it's a huge Alfred Morris game again. And uh, I'll just, on a side note, I think Dallas finishes off these last couple of games with Alfred Morris as their running back. It wins those games and, and then brings it in to uh, Ezekiel Elliott and makes a run at the playoffs. But I think they realize now they're only going to do that. They're only going to win these next two games if they can pound Alfred Morris. So I think it's going to be another good Alfred Morris game. But I also think when they get around that red zone, they're going to find a way to get the ball to Des some more this week. So I, wouldn't, I would not doubt one bit that he puts up one of those classic Dez lines with five receptions for 50 yards and two touchdowns, which is exceptional for this price tag on him. So Morris and Des Bryant perfectly on my radar there. On the other side, the only, the only people I want to concern myself with uh, for the Giants are Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, both whom I think are very, very, very fine targets this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, to get Eli back, Shepard, 5,300, good price on him. Ingram, only 6K. Love the Morris call. Price only went up to 5,500, 27 carries last week. So, uh, some interesting plays in that one. Uh, Let's move on to the afternoon games, Tennessee, Arizona. Chop, we'll let you lead off here. Looks like another lowish total in this one. Can Marcus Mariota get it going against this Arizona defense?
3: I think so. I I think that – I mean, I was shocked when I looked up this past weekend and realized that th- this team is in first place in their division. And, uh, it's a bad division. Yeah, they are. It is. But, man, by the way you would have thought – by the way Mariota's played this year, he's been so bad. that he's been. They've been able to float around without him having a good games, and I think he's primed to about takeoff. So if Rashard Matthews is back this week, I want to play Rashard Matthews because I think he will be able to avoid Patrick Peterson in coverage. Uh, so if Richard is back, I want to play Richard If he's hurt again and he's out again this week, then I probably want to pass on either one of these receivers. Uh, and Mariota always has running upside in him, so I wouldn't doubt that either. Uh, but it's in Arizona, so I'm going to temper my expectations on a Tennessee offense. For Arizona, it's all about the passing game. They're not going to run on Tennessee. They're going to try to pass. Fitzgerald obviously turning back the hands of time, keeps on – doing it week after week this year. Crazy how he's doing it at that age, but you got to give it up to him. He's really the only viable pass catcher you can trust. The other guys are just so hit or miss that you don't want to take a chance on them. And, uh, you know, if things work out right and I absolutely needed to go with a crazy tight end, I wouldn't mind running Ricky Seals Jones back. He's, he, even last week in defeat when he didn't have a good game, they still targeted him on about a 30-yard touchdown pass. And if he pulls that one in, you know, He's just a matchup nightmare. So if you're taking a chance in GPPs for a cheap tight end, Ricky Stills-Jones is not a bad play.
1: All right, Derek, your thoughts on Arizona and Tennessee?
3: I'm
2: drinking the Mariota Kool-Aid as well. Uh, You know, he's been terrible this season, and he's had at least 14 fantasy points in every game but two. So that's a pretty high floor for somebody that has not played up to his expectations. Uh, We know the Cardinals like to play a lot of man defense, which is good for running quarterbacks. I like that. And I like that the Cardinals are good against the run. So I think it's a good spot for Mario to get to get going. Uh, like Chop mentioned, whatever receiver avoids uh, Patrick Peterson, I like the other one. Um, if, if Rashard Matthews is active, if he's not active, it's going to be Corey Davis that draws Peterson and then uh, just want to avoid the receivers altogether. But I like Delaney Walker. He's had at least 60 receiving yards in six straight games and uh, scored two touchdowns over the last two weeks. So he's uh, he's one of my favorite tight ends to play, pay up for. For the Cardinals, uh, Gabbert, you know, he struggled last week, but it was against the Rams. Maybe could get going a little bit against the Titans. We know he can run, and, uh, you know, he's got a lot of weapons. Uh, Fitzgerald, we usually don't like playing him this late in the season, but he does have eight or more targets in five straight games and a nice matchup in the slot. As far as the running game, I think uh, if Adrian Peterson ends up being out, Kerwin Williams at 3,900 isn't terrible. Uh, Looked really good against the Rams last week, and, the Titans did lose one of their best run stoppers for the rest of the year. Not going to be buying in on Sills Jones. I know he's talented, but uh 24% snap rate in each of the last two games, just not high enough uh, for me to get too excited about.
1: All right, moving on. Next game here, picking up the pace, boys, Jets and Denver. Derek, if I told you the Jets were going to be favored in Denver time this season, you would have told me I'm crazy, but that's where we're at. You know, it's a pick in a lot of spots, but, Jets have been bet up to minus one. And coming off that big week for their passing game, this is now a tough spot against Denver. You know, even with some of the injuries, the total only at 41. Any interest in going back to the Jets and then the Denver Broncos, man, did they get shellacked in Miami. They just went down there and got thoroughly dominated. Can they respond at home here? I don't see a lot here this game that I'm interested in.
2: The fact that we're considering Josh McCown and his, uh, you know, pass catchers in Denver against the no-fly zone is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have believed that at the beginning of the year. But Denver's given up the most passing touchdowns of any team in the NFL this season. I don't really love the Jets passing offense here. Obviously don't want to target their running game against the Broncos. Uh, but Denver's a tough place to play, low total. So I think I'm going to let other people chase those points of Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse. For me, the only guy I like on this side is Austin and Jenkins been quiet over the last couple weeks but uh denver really does struggle to cover the tight ends and maybe if he gets a touchdown this week it won't get overturned uh for denver hard to trust trevor simeon but he does have really good splits at home throughout his career uh you know over the last two years his production nearly doubles when he's uh, playing at home compared to on the road so i don't mind you know uh i'm, I'm not gonna be playing simeon but i don't mind going to his pass catchers to thomas emmanuel sanders we know where the targets are going to go it's kind of crazy they saw 17 targets combined last week and had under 40 yards uh together which is pretty bad Um, a lot
1: of air yards on
2: that one (laughs) yeah probably racked up their yards but uh yeah I, i like the two receivers here i think they can get going against the jets we saw tyreek hill have a big game against them last week and that's about it
1: all right chop jets broncos what do you got
3: Broncos, I think uh, the price is perfectly fine for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders to maybe break out of their slump here. So I'll take a shot on them in tournaments. Avoid the backfield. CJ Anderson actually sucked up all the carries last week out of nowhere. Don't want to mess with that. On the other side, uh, yeah, I I won't be playing any of these guys, but I'll tell you that how shocking. First of all, I thought the Jets were going to be one of the worst teams in football this year, and they're actually really good. And uh, surprising, and can you believe in Week 14 that not only are the Jets good and are this surprising on offense with with this cast of characters, the Denver Broncos lead the NFL in passing touchdowns allowed. I mean, the best secondary in football coming into the year. What we thought leads the NFL in giving up passing touchdowns, 26 this year. That's crazy. So if you wanted to chase those points, go for it. I'm not going to, but Denver's melded in. They're not not defending the pass well. They're getting tore up on the ground. If Forte and Powell didn't split carries, I would definitely want that running back, but they do split carries, so it's going to be tough for me to play any of them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it would be a great matchup if you could get one or the other, but unfortunately without an injury, we're not going to get that kind of like we see with Tennessee. It's frustrating, but is what it is, as the kids like to say. All right, next afternoon game for us, Redskins, Chargers, Chop. Uh, An interesting game here. The Chargers on a roll, getting it going here. Uh, They're actually in the contention for the division. They were buried early on, but playing really well, like they tend to do at the end of the year. Washington traveling across the country uh, for this game. So what are your thoughts, Redskins, Chargers?
3: Redskins I think the obvious guy would be p Ryan, but I don't know if I want to take that chance on him I mean the the Chargers big weakness is going to be with the run game but I don't know if I want to trust him especially not at this price tag now so and uh I don't mind the passing game for Washington as far as Kirk Cousins but I just I can't really figure out who I would would want to pair him with I think he can spread it out and he's got four different guys he'll throw to so I think if you're going to go just run naked Kirk Cousins out there and don't try to pair him with anybody cuz You know, there's some tough individual matchups on there, but I still think he gets it done for the 300 yard bonus and a couple of touchdowns Uh, for the Chargers. Man, you know, Keenan Allen's money in the bank, but can he do it four games in a row now? It's been three big time games now. It's a pretty tough matchup, but he could go for a fourth in a row. Big price tag. I think the guy I want to go with is strictly GPP, and I think it's Melvin Gordon. And and Hunter Henry, if he's healthy. You know, Hunter Henry has a questionable tag right now. But if Henry is healthy, I don't mind him. But I think otherwise, Melvin Gordon is the guy I'm really looking at. I think that's the way they're going to win this game.
1: Yeah, he got got the volume, and he was about as efficient as he always is, Derek. At least he cracked four yards of carry. So Melvin Gordon, 7,800. Uh, any interest in that? And then Redskins coming off their beatdown in Dallas. How do they respond here in L.A.?
2: I was a little surprised by Gordon's price tag. I thought he'd be a little bit cheaper and I was gonna buy him quite a bit in tournaments. I still think he's viable. That is expensive. Uh the yards have been there the last couple of games. He just hasn't scored any touchdowns. Uh and we always like home favorites as running backs. So certainly don't mind Gordon. Keenan Allen, definitely can go back there as well. Hundred plus yards and three straight. And uh, you know, he should be able to avoid The corners for Washington uh, runs a lot of his routes in the slot, which is good. Washington has really struggled against slot receivers all year. Um, From the other side, not a ton of interest in anyone outside of of Vernon Davis if Jordan Reed is out. Only 3,800 for Vernon. And, uh, you know, he's been playing basically all the snaps and he's been running a lot of routes. He just hasn't been uh, producing the last couple of weeks. I think everyone's going to be off him. So if Reed's out, I don't mind that. As for Cousins, I'm going to be avoiding him. Uh, We know Ingram and Bosa, two of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and they also have uh, some really good cornerbacks. So I I think it's actually a sneaky spot to target the Chargers D. And I won't be playing P. Ryan just because uh, Byron Marshall stole away pretty much most of the pass work last week uh, when they were playing from behind.
1: All right, next game. I'm going to put you to the test here, Derek. Your turn for a test because we talk all about Russell Wilson each and every week and how he's a must-play each and every week. Been putting numbers up each and every week. Now his toughest test of the season, going into Jacksonville, playing your Jaguars, and we know that defense is absolutely for real. So, Russell Wilson, cheapest price on him all season long, 6200 Do we dare pull the trigger on him against your Jags?
2: I will not be targeting Wilson against uh Saxonville. They have the most sacks and the most quarterback hits this season. We know the Seahawks offensive line has not been good this year. Wilson's been able to, you know, dance out of pressure quite a bit this season, but uh, you know, I don't think anything's gonna really open up downfield with these cornerbacks, uh, Bouye and Ramsey. So for me, I'm gonna be avoiding Wilson. Although if he does uh play well here, you know, that's gonna improve his MVP chances. He's had a terrific year, responsible for every offensive touchdown except for one. Uh, The only play that I really like, uh, actually, there's two. I think Mike Davis is interesting. He pretty much uh, claimed his stake as a feature back last week, had 20 touches and over 70% of the snaps. And Jacksonville, their weakest against the run. So if you want to look at him as a cheap running back, certainly don't mind that at 3,700. And Jimmy Graham just continues to get uh, force-fed targets inside the red zone. He actually leads the NFL, uh, including receivers and targets inside the 10-yard line. So don't mind Jimmy Graham, don't mind Mike Davis. For Jacksonville, pretty much uh, not not a lot of interest here. Don't really want to target Blake Bortles against the Seahawks. Leonard Fournette hasn't looked great uh, ever since he hurt his ankle a few weeks ago. Don't mind going with D.D. Westbrook. He has 25 targets over his last uh, three weeks, but price is coming up. I mean, 4700 is still reasonable in tournaments. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think just a couple plays on Seattle, and that's it.
1: All right, and we're going overtime here on the pod this week. We had to learn about air yards. We had to learn who the hell T.I. Mm-hmm. Green was. So, you know, bear with us. We appreciate you guys tuning in. This is DFS OG's podcast, talking everything week 14. So, Chop, same question to you. Do you pull the trigger on Russell Wilson? And then on the other side, kudos to you, sir, on the Marquise Lee call. Everybody on, on Westbrook, and Lee was the one that got it done. So, hopefully – you got that spot on their on their show there on Saturday, Chop. I know you, you kind of made a point of it, but do we go back to Marquis Lee here? Good matchup against a beat up Seattle secondary.
3: It did make the there show. So yeah, good job. We're we're nationwide, <laughs> baby. We we make it. Now, unbelievably enough, Derek is actually gonna go back to D Westbrook this week, even though I told him last week go Marquis Lee, and I'm gonna tell him again, go Marquis Lee. I think Marquis Lee's the guy I want here. Uh, you're right at Fournette's ankle doesn't look, I don't know if that's what it is or what's going on, but, uh, he doesn't look as effective these, over this past month. So I think it's going to be a passing game. And I think Marquis Lee is going to be the guy. I, I do really want to attack this Seattle secondary on the road. I think they're going to give it up. And I, you, there may be, even be a spot you could play Lee and Westbrook, if you want to be honest, because I think it's a competitive game and I think there's some scoring here and I don't think Fournette's the one that gets it done. So. Marky Slee my number one choice, but Westbrook maybe may may make for a good stack with Bortles. Oof, I can't believe Ooh. I said that one. <laughs> yeah, that is rough. But as far as the Russell Wilson question, yes, I think you could go to Wilson because I think he has a, at the very least a very high, extremely high rushing upside at the very least. And I and I think that it's a game where he's just gonna they're gonna have to score some points. I don't think they completely get shut down. I think Jimmy Graham is the great equalizer. Russell Wilson can get points just through jimmy graham get around the uh, anywhere around the goal line he's just got to find jimmy graham if jimmy graham's matched up with one of the elite cornerbacks even better because there's no way they can compete with jimmy graham around the red zone so jimmy graham's the equalizer He, he himself can get russell wilson two touchdowns in this game passing just just with the strength of the tight end plus we throw in a little luke wilson maybe they run some two tight end sets he'll get it done so yes go back to russell wilson
1: all right, let's hit our last afternoon game. We'll hit our quick thoughts on the primetime games, and then we'll wrap it up for the week. So uh, last game on our main slate, we got Eagles and Rams. This should be another fun one here, Chop. So uh, Wentz, Goff, these guys have been getting it done you know, all season long. I'm going to use my third and wrong on both of these guys, and I think we've done it. I think you've done it somewhere along the line, but both playing incredibly well. I just did not see this level of success for either of these guys. Two of the, the brighter young quarterbacks – in this league so excited to see this matchup fantasy wise is a question here on the pod where do we go Eagles and Rams
3: okay for the Rams I'll make it pretty quick I think you can go back to Gurley just because of the way they get him the ball in space he's fine and uh we shouldn't see Robert Woods again this week so I think you could look at Watkins and Cup again I probably wouldn't push the push the envelope with Josh Reynolds anymore. He, he kind of came back down to earth here this past week, but Watkins and Cup seem fine. For the Eagles, I'll throw in my just real. I have one fantasy season long. I do, and it's with friends, and it's for quite a bit of money, also. But the bragging rights are a big deal. I'm worried, man, because this is a big matchup this week. You know, uh, for me, and I've rid Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, and Zach Ertz to the number one seed right now. And I'm nervous this week because I think Philadelphia abandons the passing game and just pounds this ball uh, on the ground. That's the Rams' weakness. They will be able to run the ball on them. Uh, No running back stands out because they split all the carries, but I do think a guy like Jay Ajayi can turn 12 carries into the 100-yard bonus this week and find the end zone. Uh, They just spread it around so much. We don't recognize how good they are running the ball, but they are a very good running offense, and I think that they – kill the Rams on the ground this week so my wits Alshon Zach Ertz season-long team I'm very very nervous about this week and I probably will fade these guys in DFS
1: yeah you're the number one seed you're playing the eight seed if you're in the playoffs probably you'll, you'll, you'll be all right come on you can't get upset in the first round that never happens so uh Derek Eagles Rams makes <laughs> be the
2: bearer of bad news chop but Ertz is in the concussion protocol uh yeah, and uh, last time he had a concussion, he's only had one, but he did miss a game. So just keep an eye on that. Trey Burton could be uh, pretty interesting if uh, if Hurts ends up missing. He's a really good pass catching tight end. So 2,900 for him on DraftKings is interesting. I agree with Chop. I think they're just going to try to pound the rock uh, against the Rams. We saw Kerwin Williams just tear him up last week. So I think they're going to use this uh, three-headed monster. Don't really like any of them individually. Uh, which kind of makes it tough to trust anyone on the Eagles. Um, But I do like Nelson Aguilar a little bit. Uh, The slot receivers have had some success against the Rams this year. Aguilar coming off that big game, uh, and it could have been even a bigger game. They missed a a long play uh, in that game against the Seahawks. But I think he's interesting at 5,200. And on the other side of the ball, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley, you just play him. I mean, the touches are going to be there. They get him the ball in space. It's not a great matchup uh, by any means against the Eagles, but – He's going to be heavily involved. Uh, you know, he's going to be twenty, twenty-five touches, maybe even more. Um, so I like him, and maybe a shot on Sammy Watkins and tournaments.
1: Yeah, it, it's Todd Gurley. He's matchup proof at this point. My boy, so you, you just you get him in there. You get him, in there. <laughs> my boy.
3: <laughs> You're a boy. Come on, man. That's, there's room on the bandwagon for you. It's all good. We'll man.
1: Slide over. We got a, We got a seat for you. You put in your time. Now you've been with us for a lot of weeks, so we'll we'll get you a spot here. All right, guys, let's just give some quick thoughts on these primetime games. There's always a lot of coverage on on Roto-Grinders articles, but just quick hitters here, Derek. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, divisional game. What do you got in this one on Sunday night?
2: Yeah, so Steelers' pass defense hasn't looked great without Hayden. So if you want to look, uh, you know, maybe at Macklin or Mike Wallace. um, Don't really love the running game. I think Alex Collins, a lot of people are going to go there after he scored a couple touchdowns last week. This is a much different matchup on the road. Tough run defense, uh, so I'd probably rather maybe take a shot on Danny Woodhead or something. Um, Don't really want to go with Flacco, especially – or even in a two-game slate. On the other side, yeah, I think you can continue to play Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Uh, Sounds like Juju Smith-Schuster is going to miss a game, uh, so that's big news for Martavis Bryant. And, yeah, that's about it.
1: All right, Chops, the Night Football, what do you got?
3: It's easy for me. Everything – is a fade except for maybe Martavis Bryant and absolutely make sure you get Le'Veon Bell in your lineups. Three of his last four games against Baltimore have resulted in thirty plus DraftKings like points. It. Like the stat. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Ooh, yeah check there you the go. <laughs> oh, uh, look at stat. Brad with the big brain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: big brain on Chop. All right. Monday Night Football Patriots Dolphins. Now here I'm in the same boat as you, Chop. I have Rob Gronkowski and my two biggest season long oh. teams. With the playoffs starting this week with no other tight ends on the roster and nobody to go pick up. So that's my dilemma. But as far as Daily Fantasy goes, where are we going in this one? uh, New England and Miami.
3: For me, uh, I think that this is all about New England. I mean, you could play Jarvis Landry and Kenyon Drake just based on volume. And that's fine, especially on a two game slate. Uh, But I'd focus on New England Jacob Hollister, you know, be aware. Uh, Miami's over the last 4 weeks are give has given up the second most points to tight in. So, Jacob Hollister with uh with Gronk out and Dwayne Allen doesn't get any touches at all anymore in this offense. So, Jacob Hollister may be a nice sleeper on especially on a two-game slate. And uh Cooks, Amendola, Lewis, I mean, they're all in play. Just pick your poison on New England. I think that's going to be the highest scoring team of this two-game slate and you're going to want all the exposure you can get.
1: All right, Derek, wrap us up here for the 16-game analysis, Patriots and Dolphins.
2: Yeah, the Patriots can attack Miami however they want. They're going to be able to move the ball on the ground or through the air. Uh, Deion Lewis, I like him to crack the 100-yard bonus. Rex Burkhead just continues to steal all the goal line work. You know, he's just one of those guys that does a little bit of everything. I think you can actually play both of them together uh, if you want. We know that, you know, Lee has been a healthy scratch the last few weeks, and James White hasn't really been involved. So I think you can play both running backs here especially in a game where they're going to be missing Gronk. They may, uh, you know, turn to the running game a little bit more. But I still like Cooks, Uh, Amendola, they're fine. And then uh, for Miami, yeah, you just play the volume. You go with Drake, you go with Landry. And uh, if you want to take a tournament shot on Kenny Stills or Julius Thomas, I don't mind that either.
1: All right, let's wrap it up. That's 16 games. We're going to finish off with our Faith Hill plays, our bold calls for the week, and we'll get out of here again. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out here week 14. Chop Faith Hill play. Who are you keeping the faith in for Week 14?
3: The well, it's not just keeping the faith. I want to go to a new face here. I want to get. I got one little stat for you. Julio Jones is, is you know, he's a monster out there on the field, right? He's he's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Would you be shocked to know that Josh Gordon is six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pounds? Like he's as big as Julio. He's agile. He's the best. He's one of the best in the game. Come back from his three-year absence, two-year absence, and do what he did. I'm load. I'm all in on Josh Gordon this week. At this point, pr- I think I'm going to be all in on Josh Gordon.
1: All right, Derek, who's your faith hill play week fourteen?
2: All right, tournament only. I'm going to go Kareem Hunt. uh You know the touches have been there. He's starting to get some receiving work a little bit. Facing one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, he's a home favorite. Everything's lining up for him. I mean, everything's been lining up for him for weeks now. But, uh, you know, maybe the new offensive coordinator can get the running game going a little bit.
1: All right. And I'm going to keep the faith in Brandon Cooks. Burned me last week. Uh, Easy to turn away and go away. But without Gronk uh, against this Miami secondary, I think this is a blow-up spot for him. So, if you're playing that slate, I really like Brandon Cooks to have a huge game against the Miami Dolphins. Bold call time. Chop, what do you got? Let's finish this baby up.
3: I got two of them. I got two of them. I couldn't decide between them. Bold call number one. I think Russell Wilson shocks the world and goes for a hundred yards rushing bonus this week. Russell Wilson, hundred yard running bonus. And on a little bit lesser of a shocking note, I think Lamar Miller drops twenty-two DraftKings points this week. All right, I like it, Derek. What do you got? Bold call week fourteen.
2: I love that Lamar Miller call, Uh, not the two-mile horn, but last week I predicted big games from Deion Lewis and Gronk and nothing from Brandon Cook, so uh, finally got one to go. Um, I'm going to go opposite of chop. I'm going to say Jags hold Russell Wilson under... 15 fantasy points is that that's not that bold.
3: <laughs> oh man that's that's a <laughs> lukewarm call yeah that's a lukewarm. all
2: right all right and then uh for my second one i'm gonna go to sean kaiser over 300 yards oh. and uh you know, 200 of those go to josh oh Board. my gosh See, wow those, those air yards hmm are going to cash in.
1: You are making not only me as the host here unhappy, but you're making your wife unhappy saying that the Cleveland Browns are going to light up the Green Bay Packers. So hope, hopefully she ain't well, listening. because hey, uh,
2: Brett, Brett Hundley will lead them to victory.
1: Okay, yeah, there you go. Way to slide that in there. So you might be spending <laughs> the night on the couch. So uh, bold call yeah, for me. She doesn't gonna, listen. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm going to say Steven Anderson has a big day. goes over 100 yards uh, against the San Francisco 49ers, only 3,200. I think it's a breakout spot for him. All right. Any final thoughts, guys, before we get out of here? Derek, let's finish with you.
2: Nothing major. Only a few weeks left. I'm going to miss doing the pod. I'm going to miss some uh, fantasy football. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun, and good
1: luck, everyone. Absolutely. Chop, what do you got? Final thoughts?
3: Not a lot. Good week. Should be fun football. Time to get back on track. Let's also pour one out for your Wisconsin Badgers who just couldn't quite Uh, stay on the field with uh. that speedy Ohio State team
1: and somehow alabama sneaks in yeah that was was, as expected i didn't expect them
3: to beat ohio state but
1: thanks for ending on a sour note for me here chop i appreciate
3: it buddy well you drew you took me away from tupac man i gotta get you back tomorrow
1: running right back there so again appreciate you guys for listening a little bit longer than normal but a lot to get to here so hopefully you enjoyed the analysis hopefully you guys do well here in your week 14 contest as always you guys got any questions You know where to find us. If not, we'll be right back here talking everything week 15 next week. We'll see you guys.